0: Hello and welcome to Series 6 of the Bible and Me podcast by Preset Ministries. We hope this podcast can bless you in your day-to-day life as you listen to a range of testimonies about God's faithfulness within the lives of so many. The views expressed in this podcast don't necessarily reflect that of Preset Ministries
1: UK. But without further ado, here's the podcast. Well I have to say it's, it's a real pleasure uh, to be welcoming the Reverend Nick Crawley to Uh, The podcast today, Nick is an Anglican minister uh, with well over 25 years experience in ministry. Uh, Together with his wife Lucy, who is the principal of Westminster Theological College, they lead Crossnet Church, which is an Anglican community for discipleship and mission in the Bristol area. Uh, Nick is also a qualified banker, uh, an investment analyst, and is the Regional Director for the Southwest Region of the Filling Station Trust. Nick, it is a delight to welcome you to the program. You may not know this, but I was in the audience in New Wine when you were up on the stage (laughs) preaching, Um, so I have good memories of that. Uh, (laughs) Nick, my first question is this. um, How did you come to faith in Christ? First first part of the question, how did that happen? And second part, why do you follow Jesus? Um, Well, I I was
0: very, very... Um, privileged to be brought up by in a family where people love Jesus Christ and I can honestly, I can't remember a time where I didn't believe in him. Uh, I just grew up in a context where we all believed in Jesus and that faith has just grown and developed over the years, there were some very crucial moments in my teenagers when I really made decisions. Uh, that I had to face a decision to either follow this through or not, and I, I, I there was really no question because I, I, I this is where I wanted to go. So, um, why do I follow Jesus? Um, because um, it's a very important question. That one, um, I follow Jesus for a number of reasons. Um, probably the reason I would give would be that I've never come across anybody like him who has the authority um, uh, that he has, and uh, he's more convincing than any other alternative. Now, that's putting it very generally, but the the specific uh, reasons for saying that would be that I simply have not come across anybody who teaches uh, as poignantly as he does, and who speaks into the very heart of the issues of what it means to be uh, a human being on this earth. Um, so his teaching, but also his life. I mean, it is completely unsurpassed, and uh, and his death on the cross uh, is it, it continues to be the absolute centre of everything uh, about him and about his teaching. And I, uh, in this really weird and strange world that we live in, where so many peculiar things happen, and. It's difficult to understand what's going on. The one thing that makes more and more sense of everything is the cross. Um, there are also other re- reasons. A very, very crucial thing is, of course, the evidence for the resurrection, the historical evidence, which is convincing, and the whole way that the the, the way that Christ has developed the church over two thousand years. You put all these pieces together, um, mm. and you could add also the way that Jesus himself um, uh, fulfilled so much Old Testament prophecy. Mm. Um, all these things um, sort of come together as a jigsaw, and you put them together, and you just think, well, I haven't come across anything more convincing than this yet, and I don't expect I will Um uh, 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 and then, of course, in addition to that, there is the dynamic reality of living with him yep. through the power of the Spirit. Mm. And it just gets more and more. Uh, it's, it's a greater thing than it was even 10 years ago and mm. way beyond when I was um, uh, a child. And and yet the intimacy is still is was always there, but the, but the depth of the reality of what it means to live in the kingdom and the sheer excitement of it, mm-hmm. um, and the re- interaction that happens um, in that
1: context is thrilling. I could never leave this. Wonderful. If you're listening to this and you're not a believer in Jesus, then uh, yeah. I think you've got some <laughs> wonderful reasons right there. Now, yeah. uh, in... You know what a wonderful thing to be brought up with Christian parents, yeah. uh, and in that in that context of faith, because yeah. not everybody has that privilege. That's right. Yeah. Um, you mentioned a little bit about your teens. Um, yeah. I mean, was it difficult? Uh, I, you know you hear stories of people coming to faith in their teens and actually they're bullied and yeah. it's, it's really tough did you experience any of that at school well
0: at um, there's some great guys at school uh, with me I went to an all, all boys uh, boarding school which mm-hmm. was the sort of thing that happened at that stage <laughs> and uh, they're a great bunch of people and I'm still in touch with some of them and uh, they, they were super they, they just gave me a really hard time <laughs> which meant that I had to I had to learn fast and you know you can't believe all that rubbish and all that sort of stuff and they really pressed me on it and one or two two of them really went to town and just went on and on pressing me and um and the results of course was that i um I had to take it very, very seriously and find out answers and, and, and do my homework. And I, and the result was I grew massively. So I'm very grateful for it all, you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they were very nice about it. We, we never sort of, um, we, it never got hostile. Well, actually, anyway, but there we are. Yeah. It, was, it was a yeah. positive.
1: Yeah, 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 sure. Now, after leaving um, school, uh, you went to Southampton University to yeah. read maths. Yeah. Uh, I understand that you um, became actively involved in... Um, with sort of Christian side of the university, and with a group called the Navigators. Now, uh, tell us a little bit about the Navigators yeah. and your journey. Of faith uh, at uni. Yeah I'm deeply, deeply grateful to God for
0: the um, the time that I had uh, in The Navigators. It, it, they're a lovely, godly uh, group of people. I think in fairness I would say that um, uh, there's some of the things that we did then which I wouldn't do now, I'd do them slightly differently, but um, I will always thank God for the uh, things I learned there, particularly the, how to study scripture. Um, they taught me how to do that. They taught me about discipling. They they laid a fantastic emphasis on how to disciple people, and and taught me very carefully. And we we all learned so much from that. And and then the other th- key thing which stands out was the um, was the way they they taught us to learn scripture. And I've never really come across a group that learned scriptures as well as. Um, as they do and as a result I all my life I've learned scripture I absolutely love it it's it, in my view and I often say this publicly is uh, the the learning scripture is one of the most uh, testing uh, uh, holy habits that a person can um, engage in but it is certainly one of the most um, powerful and I, I I learn chapters of the Bible now, you know paragraphs and chapters and things, um, every year. And they have become defining. And the g- the going back over and over again, and 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 going back over magnificent passages like Romans eight and Galatians five and Romans six and whole lot of others, you know, and you go back at them and, and you you review them again and again and again. And as you're in the car, and as you're and as you're walking down the street, or as you're home praying, and 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 the truths the Holy Spirit leads you to understand ever more clearly. That the profound truths and right. the whole my whole understanding of the Bible has um, has absolutely catapulted through learning. Scripture, and I would I would strongly advise everybody to learn scripture.
1: So you're talking about memorizing. I'm talking about memorizing, memorizing
0: scripture. scripture. Yeah, yeah. And, but it's not just a case of getting in your brain; it's a case of using it when it's there. Yes. You know, and uh, and and you learn, using it when you pray, especially. Yeah. And and
1: uh, do you have a special way of being able to memorize
0: scripture? I write it down on cards. Um, okay. So I do. I choose, I learn. I don't know whatever. Usually about one or two possibly three passages a year, maybe a paragraph or so,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: sometimes a chapter, um, but uh, but I, I, I choose a passage to learn, and then I write it down on a card, yeah. and then I will go through it every single day, yeah. sometimes two or three times a day, yeah. until I manage to get it into my brain, yeah. which requires yeah. a great deal of work. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, but once it's there, and then I, uh, I and then I try and dramatise it. I find that's hugely important. So it's not just a case of reading it like a bus timetable. Um, it, it's scripture. All of scripture is written with energy and with passion, and it's there for a the reason. And you've got to you've got to you got to enter into it. You know. Mm. So when Peter says, um, one Peter, you know. Um, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord, Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living faith through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. I haven't quoted that quite right. I should have practiced it beforehand. <laughs> you know, uh, and, 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 you, and you enter into the, um, the energy of it. I mean, Pope Peter is writing with a full pulse. You know, he opens the letter and absolutely gives this magnificent summary. Mm. And it's, it's fantastic and uh, and that is how we're meant to learn scripture you know when paul writes galatians he did it at white heat and we're not going to get the meaning of it if we read it like a bus timetable you know you're going to really miss the meaning of it you need to we, we you know our readings in 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 church should be should be uh, done by people who've spent Actors. half the week getting into the passage and reading and they get up and they and the energy and the passion comes out and then immediately the meaning is just very very clear mm. so often you know, it becomes clearer, but I'm all, I'm getting ahead of my no no, no
1: no 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 that's wonderful and I think I think um, the whole memory scripture thing is really really important. Um, you're convicting me as you're talking. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I, I, but uh... I think I think I've gone through sort of seasons of doing it, so I will yeah. I will do it and yeah. then I'll sort of yeah. But I need to you're you're reminding me to get back in to do it and there are various apps I know on on uh, phones and iPads and things where where you can do that. Uh, I've used those. Uh, but I think it is so important, isn't it, to get Scripture into our minds and into yeah. our hearts, because then the Spirit of God can use those yes, Scriptures absolutely. at That's the exactly appropriate what happens. time, isn't it? Yeah.
0: And um, the Spirit of God, who, after all, inspired the whole thing in the first place, yes, can take that, takes it, his word. it,
1: and you're in a situation, you might find yourself in a discussion, and suddenly that comes to mind. Yeah, wonderful. So Navigators and Uni was actually really important to you. It was right? very formative. Isn't that interesting? Because often people leave home they go to uni, and they may be <laughs> brought up in, in a Christian household, and they, yeah. and they go yeah. completely opposite direction. Yeah. So, so how how uh, fortunate that was. Um Now, after leaving uni, you went to London. I was in London. And you worked for Barclays Bank. I did. And uh, whilst working for Barclays Bank, you started to attend a church called Holy Trinity Brompton, which some of you listening to this may have heard about. Um, tell us about this time in your life in London, working for a bank, going to HTB, continuing your yeah. journey of faith. How yeah. did that work out?
0: well, it was it was enormously formative, uh, again, just like the university time. Um, it, it was very exciting. It was a church where, God was clearly doing a lot, you know, and there was a tremendous buzz about the church at that stage, and so we, it, 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 there were a whole bunch of us in our very early 20s, and we were all starting out on our on our careers, and there was a huge emphasis on having a party, you know, having a good time, but actually in the middle of it all, there was this extraordinary um, developing work of the Spirit at HTB, and uh, there was the most lovely, godly uh, people leading the church, uh, particularly a man called John Collins, who had a, a, a enormous respect for and Sandy Miller hugely important there was a whole number of others as well whose names I could mention and um, and uh, and then John Collins did this key thing of inviting John Wimber over in 1982 I think I think it was I'm fairly certain and uh, and John Wimber came across and I remember listening to him and thinking here is a man who really, really does, has met Jesus Christ in a way uh, and been formed by Jesus Christ. And and John, remember, began to um, teach about healing and about listening to God in ways which, in one sense, we'd all heard it before. In another sense, he made sense of it. There was a sort of order and a, a way that he presented us with a style of ministry which made sense. And 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 God was working incredibly powerfully through that man. And and I look now. Uh, here we are. A whole number of Decades later, and I look at the people who were affected by him then, and uh, and a whole number of people. I mean, Richard Fothergill in the filling station um, is a case in point. Who, who, you know, who, who, our engagement with God through the agency of uh, John Wimber has been absolutely life-changing, and mm. not just life-changing. It's changed the changed the whole shape of the church and the formation of the church nationally and even internationally. Mm. It's been an extraordinary uh, work of God. Mm. Um, So that was going on and I I was there for about uh, six years Um, and then in various ways I I came to the stage where I realised I uh, the deepest thing in my life was my love for God, and, and I was spending far more emphasis during the week on what was going on in the evening at church than I was at work. So, and I wasn't particularly good at finance. I loved it and, and found it very, very stimulating. I wasn't particularly good at it, and I realised I had to make a decision. In one way or another, that was forced on me by uh, the developments, What I think was called Big Bang in the city, and there were a, a huge changes going on in the mid-'80s, and, um, and mm. that, that precipitated a, a change in my
1: Wow. So big yeah. choice, really, to leave to leave yeah. banking and yes. actually to yes. go to Theological College and yeah. pursue... But I you got to the a stage where I knew that that's what I had to do. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Um, now, during your first curacy, you met and married your wife, Lucy, yeah. uh, in 1990. And, and three years later, you moved to Africa, yeah. to Zimbabwe, yeah. uh, where you saw God work in many significant ways. Yeah. Uh, what memories do you have of being out there
0: well um, I think everybody who's been, had the chance to visit Harari um, uh, will 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 love it you know it's just a gorgeous place to live so that was the first thing um a lovely church wonderful Christians and they took us into their hearts right from the day one and it was it was lovely being there and uh, w- we soon realized God it just there was a season of of a special grace and blessing, and we saw we started using the Alpha course, and we just saw an extraordinary uh, blessing on it. And uh, we not only did we run it at the church where we were in central Harare, but but uh, soon other churches were, were, were doing that. And Nikki Cumble actually came out, and we had an Alpha conference, and then we, we did one or two other things, and various things led to another. And so we saw a lot of church growth, we saw church planting going on, we saw, um, uh, and we saw miracles take place, um, uh, uh, no doubt at all. Um, uh, some people were very dramatically healed um, in the course of the, uh, the work out there. And as far as possible, I wrote down all the details of what happened. And just on one occasion, there was an extraordinary intervention of God, where um, mm-hmm. God healed a woman uh, totally, and um, uh, she was 100% healed um, without any human intervention. And I've never seen anything quite like it since then. Mm. Um, the, it would take a bit of time to give all the details of the story, which I probably can't do right now. But, but she was, um, uh, I, I was preaching scripture, and during the preaching, she was just completely healed. Um, and uh, she hadn't been able to walk properly beforehand, and she was from that moment on. Mm. So she was healed without any intervention from God. Sorry, sorry without any intervention from human beings. Yeah. And um, God just sovereignty just came and bang, just did it. Mm. Um, and that's probably the the most clear intervention I've ever
1: seen yeah. like that. It's yeah.
0: very exciting.
1: Yeah. God is at work across the globe, isn't he? He is. Across the globe. So there you are in Africa. Yes. Um,
0: And I think I've seen much more now. I understand that we tend to think, Christians tend to think that the worldwide church is a sort of bigger version of the church they're in at the time. (laughs) Um, And of course, it doesn't work like that at all. Um, (coughs) The... um, uh, the church worldwide is very, very, very different, and the lines, the de- lines of demarcation, are very different in each country and in each place and each culture. Mm, and yeah. one of the things often rather yeah. surprising when you go abroad, you realise that people get upset about totally different things <laughs> to you, and um, in the arguments or so the discussions yeah. are very, very different. And and I think the other thing is you appreciate the sheer vastness of the church. It is absolutely phenomenally big. And, um, and it's very, very varied and very strong in lots of different ways. And it's only when you go abroad and you see it operating in different ways that you realise, gosh, this is, this is quite different from what I'd thought back in my little church in wherever I am. <laughs> you get a different reflection yeah. of who God is. Yeah, you do. And you yeah. see God working in different ways. Yeah. and um, I mean, we followed that. Um, we followed the time in Zimbabwe with uh, five years on a housing estate in Sheffield, which is a totally different sort of ministry. But I've often looked back on, and I can't, uh, it's difficult for me to say, did, I, did we see God move more powerfully on the housing estate or in Africa? In Africa, there were lots of sort of big signs and lots of people and miracles and, you know, church planting. In On the housing estate, God, God just to completely renew the church. And there were some dramatic answers to prayer, really big answers to prayer, but very, very different sort of <coughs> answers Pon- to, the, 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 to what um, mm. we'd seen in Harari. Um, but, but it was God at work in doing his wonderful sovereign work, you know, saving, healing, and... Transforming people and through the grace of God, and it really was the grace of God. It was nothing. It was it was nothing to do with us. So we were sort of hung around, and God just did all this stuff, you know. But we were able to leave with and just to leave behind a church where God had really completely renewed, brought renewal to the literally to the building, renewed the building,
1: and also renewed the community. So that it was full of I, families. I sense that um, there may be people listening to this who who may have run out of hope and. Um, yeah. They don't know where to turn for yeah. hope yeah. or rest, because you're you're talking about healing, you're talking about restoration, yeah. you're talking about transforming lives. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and you haven't explored the Christian faith and who Jesus is and what God is able to do in the life of uh, an individual, then I would really encourage you to um, yeah. you can either connect to us as a ministry or or Try and find out whether there's a really, really good uh, church near to you, um, and um, start that journey of faith yourself. Now, um, yeah. so you uh, you mentioned that after returning to the UK and uh, ministering in Sheffield, um, yeah. you were then granted permission by the Bishop of Bristol to set up uh, what you call CrossNet yeah. Church, yeah. Uh, which is an Anglican community for discipleship and mission in the Bristol area. Uh, tell us about Crossnet. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. I, I laugh Was this. a rebellious uh, move, by any chance? There's hesitation going on There is hesitation and there's <laughs> laughter, and um, because this has been, I, it's such a strange thing to look back over, over 15 years at what was clearly turned out to be, has turned out to be the sort of the main part of my life, if I can put it like that, and I don't want to sound arrogant at all, and I, um, I, I, I really don't, um, uh, because uh, I look back and I, it's been a very, very strange time, I and mean, we thought, uh, we, there was no doubt at all in our minds, uh, as, Lucy, as Lucy and I prayed about this and thought about it, that God wanted us to take this step of faith, indeed the whole idea of Peter being called to walk on the water, Was a very very uh, important uh, part of our praying, as we were thinking about this. And so God made it extremely clear. Again, there was some there was some supernatural guidance, some intervention from God, which absolutely no doubt in my mind that God wanted me to do this. Very very clear guidance, um, which we tested and waited on. And so we started. And in September two thousand and four, we started crossnet. And our, we had in mind, we, we thought, right, we're going to do church and we're going to do it outside buildings and we're going to we're going to do it in a different way. And that was what we felt God wanting us to do. What actually happened was that the the, the ideas which we have just simply didn't work. And uh, in many ways, we started, and God again, it started extraordinarily, and there were some very clear gifts by God, and He brought a whole lot of wonderful people along, some of the finest people I've ever worked with, um, and there was no doubt that this God is in this. And yet, at the same time, we made some terrible mistakes, and we—I um, think you always do when you're pioneering—you always think you've got the final answer, rush off, and get your fat in your face. And we did this a whole number of times, and um, and so. Um, and so the church was established and in many ways was successful. And there was a lovely ministry which was growing and it, it, was, it was perfectly true. But at the same time, uh, God, I now realise, began to do a very, very deep and disturbing work in me. And I went through what I would possibly call a, a, a sort of season in the desert, which went on year after year. Well, you know, year by year, our church would sort of decrease slightly. And so we went from, you know, we just got smaller and smaller and smaller over the years. And and there I was at a time of life when most people are flourishing and everything's going really well and there's an awful lot to be able to sort of look back on and look around at and say things are going well. And actually I was being put on a shelf and I felt like I was just being ignored and forgotten. And it was very hard. And I would like to say that I handled that really well. Well, I didn't. I handled mm. it. I found it, I struggled terribly. And... And often I would go back to God and I'd have a time of extended prayer and really say, Lord, is this really what you want us to do. Mm. And again and again I would end that, find at the end of that time of prayer, I'd say, well, I'd come to the place where uh, I'd be saying, well, I, I don't really understand what's going on. I feel sure that God's led us into this. Mm. I know that God's involved in the church and there is evidence that he's work, but I don't understand why it's not working out in the way that we thought it would. Mm. And so I would hang on in there. And the result was that uh, for about eight years I was just completely on the shelf, left alone, ignored, and steadily I, it seemed like I lost everything. And then at the end of that, I, I made a decision about um, uh, to partially go back into uh, parish work on a sort of part time basis. And actually that proved to be a disaster. It just wasn't um, it wasn't the right thing. And there were certainly aspects of it which were blessed and did go well, but overall, um, it was just became abundantly clear that was not what I should be doing. and so it all came to sort of head in uh, around about the summer June um, of two thousand and twelve, where uh, for various reasons, things came to a head and um, and I resigned, and I was left with nothing. Uh, I had absolutely nothing left. Mm. I left. I lost all form of income. I lost. Uh, I, I. It would be wrong to say I lost my pension because it was still sitting in a pot, but there was no income coming into the mm. pension. So, I was vulnerable there. And and in a strange way, you know, I. I just. I just had to sort of jump off a cliff into a fog, not knowing what was going to happen. And. And God just caught me, and within the space of about ten days, there were some
1: extraordinary interventions of God. Can right. I just? Um, I want to talk about those extraordinary yeah. um, interventions of God, but I just want to take you back to that time yeah. where you were walking through yeah. that that period of time. Where? How was your relationship with God at that time? Um, what was it like? Um, Walking with God during that really tough time, because I guess you 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 may have thought, well, Lord, you know, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, and I'm not seeing yeah. this, and I'm not seeing yeah. that. You know, yeah. what's going? So how how, do, how does a relationship with God work yeah. in those circumstances? Because yeah. there may be people listening to this who yeah. were right in the middle of that. Yeah. Well, the chapter that stood out um, above all others
0: would be two Corinthians chapter four, where Paul writes about this sort of thing. And in his brilliant way, seems to get to right to the heart of what he himself was going through and uh, understanding it. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, it, it talks about, you know, but we have this treasury in jars of clay to show that the all-surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed but not in despair persecuted but not abandoned struck down but not destroyed we always carry around in the body the death of jesus so that the life of jesus may be revealed in our mortal body and he he goes on to expand that but that little phrase you know perplexed but not in despair i think that was the little phrase which sort of described it and, and it was um, it was extraordinary i mean because i mean i know it was part of it was spiritual attack and uh, you know there were waves of depression and waves of sort of just feeling really struggling and then we would come to we used to at that time to meet on tuesday evening in a cafe and uh we would we would have our talk and our discussion and we'd have a break and then those that wanted to would stay for worship and and i remember so well just um you know the moment the worship started led by um teenagers you know it was all very small and basic and simple and yet the moment the worship started it was like Jesus Christ walked into the room mm. and there was just that sense of his presence and I you know forget Hillsong forget anything around the world there was no place in the world I'd want to be then apart from there in that moment you know just with the teenagers strumming away on the guitar but you know the, the presence of Jesus Christ was amazing mm. and I would go through every day of that, all that all over again mm. difficult and as hard as they were for eight years because Gosh. I know because it was the presence of the Lord in it all that kept me going and it was very hard for Lucy as well it was you know it was a very hard time in our marriage she was it was extremely hard for her to see mm. uh, to see me going through this and struggling so badly and um, mm. but you know Jesus is Lord and and one of the things that he gave to us was we always pray together once a week that's our, the pattern that we use and mm. and we would um we would, uh, and I remember those times of prayer. You know, Jesus, the Spirit of God would come, and we would find ourselves praying very, very deeply, and 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 you know, the prayer facilitated by the Spirit. And in many ways, you know, our prayer times since then haven't been like that. You know, it's just there was an unusual grace and God, God. God, in one sense, God was as close as anything, and in another sense, also, you know, there was that sense of lostness and I don't know what's, you know, perplexed but not in despair. Mm. Um, to
1: a real testing time. Yes,
0: but also, you know, a time of enormous formation, you know, and something in me really had to die. And I think a lot of arrogance and all that's. Nasty stuff in the sinful nature, you know, and God just crucified it, mm. and it wasn't much fun, mm. you know, Oh year me. after year after year. Yes, but, yes, yes. but I think you know, I think we all, in our different ways, as we walk with Christ, there are
1: seasons of that, mm. you know. And he, mm. He does know what He's doing. <laughs> mm. well, and often it's the end of those seasons that that actually, <sighs> in in a way, our, our faith is tested, isn't it? God God is faithful, but He wants us to teach us about our faithfulness to him during those times yes. and not to abandon him. Exactly. So that we can look back and say, well, actually, I was faithful. Yeah. And yeah. God said, right, you've got it. Yeah. Yes, you've yes. got the message. Yes. Okay, yes. now let's move on. You yeah, know? exactly. I think that's exactly right. Um, so yeah. so you talked about um, sort of the end of that season. Um, yes. What did God do at that season?
0: Well, I think in a very gracious way because he's very merciful and kind. He he, he began to reconstruct me and uh, and the ministry and and uh, opened up opportunities for me to serve. Particularly, in fact, it was Richard Fothergill who, who at the filling station who, who who gave me a job and I started working one day a week and then that increased a little bit to two and. And I uh, worked for about four or five years like that. And then, and then, instantly the, 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 diocese, and I think the diocese and the bishop were, were brilliant throughout all this. They, 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 um, they were very supportive, very, very patient. And, and that was wise. Because um, uh, they could have easily ended the whole thing. They could have, they could have said, Nick, great idea. Sorry, let's finish this. But they didn't. <coughs> and that, and that was, that was great. So. They actually facilitated the the, the growth of uh, uh, the whole Bible for Life ministry, which I'd begun to f- find ways of teaching the Bible to people. Um, and I think, in many ways, this is what this is what God was trying to do. And he was sort of steering me away from what I thought I should be doing, mm-hmm. and creating a completely new ministry. And I find. Um, that uh, you know, thirty years ago, we, 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 there were a whole number of people, and we were longing for the churches to understand the power of the Spirit, and we would pray for that, and we would pray for the whole sort of apostolic and prophetic and healing ministries, and you know, uh, and we were longing for that to be seen in the land. And here we are, a, th- a generation later, and that is widely established, and it, we're, we're not—that's no longer a sort of battle. We have to try and sort of establish, because there are so many ministries and, and, and evidences of that. Our language has changed. Changed, our worship has changed. The whole culture has developed in that way, and to become, I believe, much more scriptural. Well, it is. You know, one Corinthians um, shows it certainly shows that. But, um, but but I find the weight the weight is on the other foot as far as I'm concerned. Because I I'm often going in situations now where I'm talking to charismatic people and saying, guys, this is great, but but I want you to remember again the power of Scripture and the power of the Word of God. And, and and very often, in fact, really, that's my whole emphasis now is to remind people: come on, don't don't throw the Baby thing out. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. You know, the Spirit, of course, is great, but the Spirit inspired the Word, and and you know, and the, and the Word is so powerful. You know, live in it
1: anyway. we well, are. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. So tell us just the essence of what um, Bible for Life is, does. Well, uh, what I wanted to do was to create a
0: learning environment where um, uh, men and women can, in both individually and in groups and all kinds of different ways, understand the essential message of Scripture. That That's what Bible for Life is. And the intention of that is so that we can be disciples. We can grow in our apprenticeship in the kingdom and so to you know jesus said if you continue in my word yeah. you are truly my disciples yeah and he says at the end of the sermon on the mount therefore whoever hears these words of mine and puts them into practice mm. puts them into practice is a wise person who built that house on a rock and Uh, And that's the essence of Bible for Life. It's about helping people understand. And what I've discovered, as I've done a lot of work with lots of different people over the years, is that people learn in very different ways. I was brought up in a context where we all sat around on a Thursday night, opened our Bibles and had a discussion about it, which is a great way of learning about Scripture. But most people don't do that. And it's unrealistic to think, especially for teenagers and young adults, to do that. Some will, and that's brilliant, but me- most people won't. People live off their phones. For mm. better or for worse, that's the way we live. So we've got to be able to bring Scripture into, into that. And so w- Bible for Life, first of all, it tries to help people in every stage of the process. So it starts, you know, I give advice on every, all the books of the Bible, we've done two-thirds of them so far. Um, it, it's about how to hear, how to read, how to dramatised scripture: How to study it? How to read? Uh, to, sorry, to, to meditate? How to learn? How to, you know, what films to watch, which touch on the essence of the different, the sort of central messages of the different books and things like that. So. The, the idea is to help people mm. to, to help people to engage. Um, Jesus says at the end of the parable of the four soils, although sometimes called the sower, yes. is, is he says, consider carefully what you hear. And that's what apprentices of Jesus have to do. We've, we've got to consider carefully. Mm. And the question is, how do you do that? Some people by listening, some people by seeing. Mm. So I look, work with a lot of creatives, artists and different people, in, in putting across images where people can see what the message of amos is about or what and, and literally and of course that's what stained glass um used to do in the churches in the past you have a picture of jesus healing somebody or the picture of jesus on the cross and for completely illiterate people at the time of which of course the majority of the population would have been illiterate, yeah, they can see the, uh, the images of the stories it's that sort of concept now obviously we're in a different place today but but that's the sort of thing i'm trying yeah. to, to work bring out. it to life Absolutely, and trying to get to the essence of the message and and portray it in contemporary uh, media. That mm, sort of thing. Wonderful. So that's what I'm trying to do, and there are three courses. There's the there's the there's the taster, the main course, and the takeaway. And it, you can probably get the meaning of it. The main course is the way you really get into the heart of things. Um, and, and then the, the the takeaway is right, guys. We got to do something about this. What do we do? And yeah. and we need to try to sort of. Think, what is the book of, for example, Colossians actually telling us to do? And there's and you say what, what you know. What are the instructions? And if you go through carefully, mm. highlight. You know, he says, do this. Well, that's it, you see. And uh, and he says, don't do that. Well, there we are. You mm. can see and you can construct it that way and just make a list of the instructions in Colossians.
1: And you are speaking our language, yeah. Nick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Precept. No, I mean, it's I mean, yeah. it's wonderful to, to talk with someone who's so passionate about uh, the Lord and his word um, because we find very similarly, um, you know, there's a... Yeah. Yes, I know I need to be reading my Bible. Yes, yeah, I, yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Uh, and they may read a verse and, and yes. a commentary on the verse. Yeah. yeah. But actually, yeah. If we're filled with this Holy Spirit, He's our teacher. We can yeah. go to the Scripture. He can teach us. And there are some simple things which I'm sure you talk about in Bible Fly, which we can actually do. Yes. It's The same words on the page. Yes. But we can actually do so. We can start to understand it and Absolutely. grab hold of it ourselves. Absolutely. You yeah. know. And, yeah. and when you, there's nothing better, is there? Than knowing that God has shown you, and and you just, oh wow, this is, and God's able to bring that word alive by His Spirit and say, right, this is, and it does, it's transformative. Yes, it is transformative. Uh, uh, It just is. But it takes time. It takes effort. It takes time. It takes engagement. It takes energy. It it takes focus. Uh, And yet we spend so much time doing all sorts of other things. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, and understand. and it's it's, I mean, absolutely, it's just you know I, I cannot get away from the foundational truths that um, the, the essence of the of all apprenticeship in the kingdom is to pray to God every day and to study what He says every yeah. day. Mm. and 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 the simple fact, mm. uh, after years and years and years of pastoral ministry, I look around and I see who are the people that God is using, those are the ones. You look at them, and in one way or another, they have invested either in reading Scripture properly, or in, um, or or, or, in, or and or prayer. Really, you know, and and those are the people you really? want to know where the power is. That's where the power of the kingdom. That's the essence. And if you're if you're fertilizing your life with um, with daily contact in terms of prayer and reading the Bible, you've got the absolutely excellent foundation for the gifts that God has given to you, whoever you are. And the manifestation of the Spirit is given to everyone, mm. everybody. Um, Man- of the body of Christ, those right. things will grow. Whatever right. your calling is, it will grow in that context. You know, it'd be difficult for it not to grow. Yeah.
1: That is a very simple thing you said, but it is extremely profound. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. so just to recap, there, um, what Nick is saying is that he hasn't met anybody who was doing ministry work in a significant way that is not regularly praying and/or reading. The, the word of God is that what you just yeah, said? Yeah, that's exactly. Okay. You know, and I invest. I, I encourage everybody
0: to do more of it. You know? Yeah, and I would say Am okay. amen to that. And we're, we're all different temperaments, so we're going to go yes. about it differently. Yes. You know, my pattern is not your pattern. You know, yeah. and, and yeah. if you if I tell you to do my pattern, it's yeah. like you putting on Saul's armour. It's just yeah. not going to work. Yeah. You're not going to be able to fight anything in it. You know, you've got to find out your pattern.
1: Yes,
0: um, uh, and do it your way in absolutely. the lovely way that God's created you, and, and that goes to absolutely everybody.
1: And in I, the and I, and I agree. From. And we say with no you know, we, we recognise that the inductive study method and how we teach and how we go about it, it's not for everybody, but for a lot of people it is. It's brilliant, and so praise yeah. the Lord, you know. Yeah, praise <laughs> the Lord. <laughs> We're not precious about praise that.
0: the Lord. And you one know? of my prayers is that uh, is is that you know, in years to come, as as Christians engage with the internet more and more, we have masses of different yeah. studies and yeah. different ways of going about it. As long as who are helping apprentices in the kingdom to get into the Word of God, then the fruit will be phenomenal.
1: Amen. Amen to we that. We need hundreds of these. <laughs> now, um, do you have a favourite Bible book or character by any chance? I love Ezekiel
0: because Ezekiel is the great, fantastic um, uh, treasure, completely unknown treasure in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. And I love that book. I love the man, I love what he went through, partly because I think I relate to him very deeply, and partly because it seems to me in Ezekiel there is one of the greatest pictures of atonement in the entire Old Testament, at least equal to um, the atonement passage in in Isaiah 52 and 53. Mm. But it's completely unknown, nobody ever knows it's there, but if you get into it, it is absolutely stunning. So I'm talking about Ezekiel twenty four okay. and what happens afterwards and the whole way the book is structured. If you want to find out the answer, go look, to Bible, look at for, Bible life. for life, and Ezekiel. <laughs> I explain it all there. But Ezekiel is most wonderful. Uh, of course the truth is it's a slightly odd question, isn't it, Nigel? Because of course every book is every book is a jewel. And um, if you catch the jewel in the light, it just refracts the yeah. most astonishing colours. Yeah. Every book is like that. Mm. Um, in the New Testament, Matthew and probably one Corinthians as well, <laughs> Wonderful. a verse is there a verse? If I had to choose a favorite verse, I would uh, which is difficult because there you know, there's so many gems out there uh, it, it, uh, probably some. 57 verse 2 which was the verse i felt the lord gave me on my 21st birthday this was one of the great things about the navigators they would say come on god's got a you know special verses for you you see and so um, okay so uh we so i thought right my 21st birthday is coming up i'm yeah. gonna ask my father for a verse and <laughs> um and i felt him say in, in one way or another he led me to that verse oh it says uh, it says um uh, I cry to God Most High, mm. to God who fulfills his purpose for me. Yeah. And uh, I've just prayed that all my life. And um, God will fulfill his purposes for me.
1: What a wonderful verse. I cry out to God Most High. This is in the ESV, English Standard yeah. Version, to God yeah. who fulfills his purpose for me. Wow, that is a good verse. That is a good verse. Now, um, slight tangent to what we've been talking about. Um, what do you sense God doing in our nation at the moment? I know it's a tough question.
0: I think um, it's a great question, and I think it's a question. I'm so so pleased you've asked that. I think well, it's difficult to answer. Mm. Um, it's strange. We're living in very strange days, where very strange things are happening. Um, perhaps I could could I rephrase it slightly yes. and say, what do I see God doing? Well, perhaps that's what. Do you yeah, do? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think what I see. I look at the worldwide church, and I see a number of things happening. I think one of the most prominent things is the persecuted church, and the prominence of the persecuted church. And the way that that is becoming, you know, uh, becoming something that can, can't be swept under the carpet. It is, it's very, very serious what's going on, and the level of persecution worldwide is rising against Christians, and we need to know that, and we need to be challenging that at every level, prayer and politically and in Parliament and things. And it's encouraging that's beginning to happen. Yeah. Secondly, I one of the things I see God doing is to. Um, I'm deeply impressed by Hillsong. I made that rather flippant remark about it earlier. I think some of the theology of some of their uh, recent uh, songs is just brilliant. And I think their wonderful song, The Arrival, is, has arguably the best theology of the incarnation I've ever come across in a, in a song. And, and, and they consistently produce some of the very best songs and I look and say, well, what is God doing? He's, he's in the period of enormous change to the worldwide church. He is, he, he, you know, the one thing that we're, we're sort of is facilitating or is part of this change and catalyzing the development is this unbelievable love of worship. And we, we love Jesus Christ through the power of the Spirit and we express that in worship. And what is happening at Hillsong, and of course a whole lot of other places as well, I'd want to add, but um, it is, I see God doing that, and I think it's it's hugely important. The other thing that I see happening is the birth and development of a whole number of new initiatives for the kingdom. And uh, we will always have churches in church buildings, but the uh, there will always be that. But there are going to be a lot of other different types of church and ministry and discipling that is going on. Jesus gave us the great, the great commission, go and make disciples. Yeah. That's the Great Commission. That's what we've got to do, mm. and we've got to make followers of Him. and And of course, we've got to do it in such a way that followers are free. You know, you, there's the very heavy-handed discipling thing, which makes me, oh gosh, we can't do that. It's it's mm. frightening sometimes to see the heaviness and the control which yeah. some people want. That's not discipling. I don't know what it is, but it's it's mm. uh, so so. But, but there's there I love the way there are new initiatives I I, I, um, I love the way that people are pioneering there are many people are stepping out of the boat and taking risks for Jesus Christ and forming new new ventures and 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 this will will develop I love the way that the prophetic ministry is growing um, uh, 20 30 years ago we were all in a right mess and we thought we would hugely excited we' all fall off our chairs if somebody had a prophetic word um, and 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 we've come a very long way since then and and it's absolutely no doubt that that some people are being used by God prophetically in ways which f- far go far beyond what we've seen before and um, uh, Paul's great instruction on this is in his great imperative is 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 1 make love your aim and earnestly desire spiritual gifts especially the gift of prophecy and and here we are 30 years after John Wember or 40 or whatever it is and I can see so much more clearly why Paul said that you know the pro- I cannot tell the story of my life in detail <laughs> Uh, without giving a whole number of prophetic words which could have been spoken of me, and then God's gone and done it. And it and the whole interreaction of the life of the Spirit and God's speaking um, is... It, 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 it's, it's absolutely extraordinary. It is part of the way we live in the kingdom. It is dynamic and it's powerful. And uh, and I see this growing in lots of different ways. And that gives me very, very great hope for the future. Yeah, I mean, the hope really, of course, is on Jesus and the cross and the victory. That's really the essence of the, mm. the hope. So it's our certain future with Christ. But but it gives me encouragement. You know, I look around and I see God, you know, is not, uh, not just a lot of green shoots coming up, but some of those shoots are really developing into yeah. very, exciting new forms of ministry. You look back in church history and you see the way God has done this sort of thing in the past and you think, this is incredibly exciting.
1: Mm. Wonderful. Um, What's next for the Crawleys? More of what you're doing at the moment? I I am privileged to
0: uh, be married to an amazingly intelligent woman who has been gifted... uh, in the most truly wonderful way. And she, I'm sorry that I've said so little about Lucy up to this point. She, um, she's got a a superb ability. She comes from a lawyer's family. She's very, very articulate. And um, she, her own ministry has been developing very strongly. And for the last uh, six years, she's been seven years, she's been principal of the um, Westminster Theological Centre. And it's, it's just been an amazing journey watching what has happened. I mean, it's truly one of the most extraordinary uh, secret chapters of seeing God work and answered prayer and His interventions and the way that whole college has developed. It's been it's been a wonderful, wonderful story in itself. And uh, her fourth book is just about to be published, and uh, I I I am so pleased that I can really serve Lucy in. Uh, in seeing, in wanting her whole um, ministry in both in theology and in the church to to go forward, and I I really want that to happen. Mm. I, a lot of what I do now is simply to try and facilitate that, and mm. uh, I, I would love to see that go forward. I think that's what's going to be the emphasis mm. in the future. I'm delighted to be able to
1: serve her in this way. Oh, uh, Nick. Um, Thank you for taking this time out to talk to me today. Um,
0: it's, been, it's been lovely. I'm it, sorry, I always feel a bit odd talking about myself. But <laughs> really, it's, the well, that's the purpose, it's all it, grace. No, it's no. just grace all the way. And there's nothing special about me It's or anything. And I hope I've never implied that for a moment. It's just the grace of Jesus Christ. Mm. He's the best and most amazing and exciting person I've ever met. And um, I just simply, you know, I, the more I find of him, the more I want of him.
1: Mm. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much. Thank you, Nigel. You've been listening to Series 6 of the Bible Me podcast by Precept Ministries. If you enjoyed what you heard, we would love it if you could leave a rating or review. For more information on the inductive
0: study method or any of our online resources or downloads, please visit www.precept.org.uk. But until next time, thank you for listening.